Welcome to our Tuesday special. Usually evening, we're going to post this maybe a little bit earlier today because the men's basketball game tonight, but it's Acre Pro Buy Sell. It's at least a, my favorite time, one of my favorite times of the week because Tom and I get to talk a little bit of football. Um, and we'll do that here. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. And Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialists with decades of experience in Indiana ag- agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Probably a good time to be doing this now that most of the harvest is done. I don't know much about agriculture, Tom. Are you a, are you a farm guy? Do you know any, how this all works very well? Uh, no idea. No idea. <laughs> I know. It's, all I know is they get do it, they get it done and they work hard doing it. And your Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group will help you out if you're in the, in the land business with that. All right, Tom. Buy, sell, a couple thuds for the Boilermakers here the last two weeks, uh, two games, I should say, lost to Wisconsin, obviously, and then Iowa, 24-3 to defeat. Um, I don't know who is it. Uh, we always credit Brian Newbert, but it's probably Gene Cady. It might be somebody else. Nothing's as bad as it seems or nothing's as good as it seems. doesn't seem real good right now for Purdue, but then Illinois might be saying the same thing. I mean, they lost at home to Michigan State in a game that uh, probably few thought they'd lose. Though I don't know how you, who you picked on Media Mania. I know I picked Illinois. But my point is, let's start with the start with the early buy-sell. Aiden O'Connell's had some issues uh, with interceptions of late. Illinois' defense, uh, Jeff Brom talked about Monday about its ability to kind of uh, efficient, which I wasn't 100% sure what he meant by that, but uh, what they bring to the table defensively. All right, we're going to go over under uh, buy sell. Buy sell that Aiden O'Connell has one or fewer interceptions this week against the Fighting Illini. I think he'll have at least one. You know, he's had one in the last each of the last six games. He's had five the last two games, and you know, though those obviously have, have been the uh, you know down points. Uh, the Wisconsin game, and the Iowa game, with the five combined picks. But again, his interception streak dates back six games now 10 interceptions on the year leads to the big 10 and it's just a sort of a function of, of, how, of how Purdue plays and what they want him to do they want him to be aggressive they want him to take chances interceptions are going to happen Illinois has got a very good defense uh, Purdue's probably always going to have to throw the ball to win the game so uh, <clears throat> while you'd like for him to be perfect I think the combination again of that Illinois defense and Purdue's style of offense probably is going to lead to Aiden having at least one pick. You just hope it's not a big one, a pick six, and you hope also that it's just the one interception. So uh, I'm I'm buying the notion that his interception streak is going to continue. Yeah, but you're not saying over one. No, I I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's going to continue. Um, I hope it's not over one for Purdue's sake. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's interesting, you know, last year we were going through Aiden's streak, which is still an all-time in Purdue annals. I think, what would we say, 250-some passes without an interception before he threw two picks in the uh, in Nashville last year. Absolutely amazing. But how much are you buying or selling? And, again, not to, we're not ragging on the receivers, but there's a big difference in who Purdue has – uh, at least it seemed like last year, maybe David Bell made a big difference uh, and, and Purdue had a few more options. And it seems as good as Charlie Jones has been, 
Uh, are you buying or selling that it's more on Aiden O'Connell or more on produced challenges at the receiving core? Uh, how, what do you feel like there? You know, maybe a little bit of both. Um, I, I think, um, not to be that guy who blames the weather, I do think that yeah. the weather impacted Aiden last week. I know Spencer Petrus didn't seem to be impacted, but Aiden's picks uh, were, I think, with the wind. The ball sort of sailed on him, got yeah. a little bit too high. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I think, again, um, some of it is Aiden, but a lot of it I do, Alan, think it is this offense and the lack of, I guess, other real viable options outside of Charlie Jones, to be honest with you. I'm going to do a story today I'm posting on on that very fact of Charlie Jones and how often he's targeted. And, uh, you know, the, the, every defense knows what's going on, right? They, they, they watch film. They know pretty wants to go to Charlie Jones early and often. Uh, we saw Wisconsin safety, John Torchio, jump a couple routes and, uh, he had one interception that went for a TD. So, um, you know, Aiden O'Connell trusts Charlie Jones, Alan. I, I asked Aiden that a couple of weeks ago. I went back and found the quote, and, and uh, they have a chemistry. And, hey, truth be that he, he is produced playmaker. So yeah. you're going to want to get the ball to your playmaker, right? Um, I do, again, think Purdue tries to maybe force it too much. But who else are you going to throw it to, Alan? Right, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the challenge. Purdue would love to have T.J. Sheffield or Deion Burks. Mershon Rice, somebody that ilk step up, but we haven't seen it. So what are you going to do? You, you want to get the ball to, to Charlie. And uh, again, I think that that does maybe reach a point of diminishing returns after a while, not many yards after the catch. He has a hard time getting separation. He's banged up. And again, defenses are focused on him. So you put all that together and you can see maybe why uh, there's been a spat of interceptions here, I think. Even though, again, Alan, the two interceptions last week weren't passes to Charlie Jones, though. They were not, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what's I don't Tracy and Dylan Downing. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point on that. And that's an excellent way of looking at it. Okay. I'll throw a curveball at you in terms of uh, the, the whole situation with uh, having the opportunity to um, uh, run the football. This isn't a curveball. We actually talked about Devin Mockaby and his, he was under 100 yards last week. Illinois' defense is pretty staunch. From that standpoint, uh, uh, I'm going to do it over under at 80 yards. Are you buying or selling for, uh, for Devin Mockaby this week? I think I'm selling. Uh, I think the sledding is going to be tough against this Illinois defense. Um, I haven't looked yet to see if Illinois is allowed a 100-yard rusher. My guess would be that it probably hasn't. Um, just not to bore you with numbers, but... Illinois has got the number one total defense in America. And their rushing defense is number four in America. They're only average, they're only giving up 79.7 yards per game on the ground. And the pass defense is number one in America. So you can see these are some pretty heady numbers. I'm sure the Purdue offense is, is something a little bit unique they haven't seen yet. Um, but uh Boy, Devin Mockaby, uh, again, I think um, it's going to be pretty difficult for him to get over the, the century mark against this Illini defense. Um, Jeff Brom talked about it on Monday. It's a unique front with five guys. And I talked to Lauren Tate for our opponent's view, and he said they got a couple NFL defensive tackles. So 
it's going to be a real challenge. And I, I, I guess I'd be hard pressed to see Devin getting what I think it was. He said the 80 yards. Yeah. I think he's probably going to be under, under, uh, under 80 yards against, uh, against the fighting Illini. Yeah. You have to look at that game that uh, from that standpoint, uh, uh, it's going to be tough sledding. No question. Okay. Chase Brown, on the other hand, has run for over a hundred yards in nine consecutive games. This week, 136 yards last week. His high, 199 against Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not been over the 200-yard mark. All right, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to put that number at 130. Uh, can produce, keep him under 130 yards this week. I don't think so. I think Chase Brown's going to go for over 130. Um, defense seems to be springing leaks here in the run game. We saw last week that 75-yard touchdown run. Uh, by Caleb Johnson, a freshman running back who also had 200 yards rushing. I'm the first Iowa player to do that, I think, since 2015. Chase Brown is a wily vet um, who actually leads the country in rushing yards. He has over 1,300 rushing yards, averages about 150 per game. So I think he's going to get over 130. Um, um, you know, the, the back seven, the linebacking core, uh, just some real issues there with their run fits last week in particular. The tackling sometimes can be spotty. They love to feed Chase Brown the ball, Allen. He's got 257 carries, which is more than anybody in America. They're going to lean on him, of course, and that opens things up for Tommy DeVito. So we all know, I'm sure Purdue's going to come in wanting to slow down Chase Brown. They, they did do a good job for most of the year against a lot of really good running backs. But in recent uh, recent games, we've seen him spring some leaks here. And uh, this is going to be a heck of a challenge against uh, what could be the best running back in the Big Ten, at least statistically outside of Mo Ibrahim up in Minnesota. And you know, I did. I know, Brandon, Blake, Blake Coleman, Michigan's really good too. Oh yeah, boy, and, and and they both they're going to play each other next week. They remind me a lot of each other. They just are yeah. mainly because they're kind of. I think they both run with their the ball in their left hand. Uh, they're interesting from that standpoint. Uh, you know, and that is a uh, that is an interesting way of looking at the way that they're doing. By the way, to answer your question, Mo Ibrahim did run for 127 yards against in Illinois. I think he was the high water mark. Uh, he is in, in, in Wyoming had a back that ran for 98 yards against the Fighting Illini. But you're right; it's hard to run against them, and they can they can run the football on a consistent basis. It's going to be a long afternoon. All right, I'm going to ask and for your Tuesday look. Uh, are you buying or selling? I know the the line on this game. Uh, if you take the points, I'm not going to ask you for your your down home down home pick just yet. But uh, who are you buying or selling with the points this week? How many points? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I got. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me. What's the line? Uh, and after the open at six, it may, may still be around six or so, maybe four yeah. and a half. All right. So are you are you are you thinking Purdue covers this? Uh, are you buying or selling? I think Purdue covers. Um, I think they cover. Whether they win or not, I'm not sure, but I think they cover. And. Um, you know, this is this is it for Purdue as far as wanting to cling to any remaining hope of winning the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's still out there. You got to beat Illinois, of course, right? You got Wisconsin and Iowa playing this week, and there are the other two teams in it. Obviously, the loser there is going to sustain a loss, so that'll leave you. You know, if, if Purdue wins, Allen, that will leave you with three teams at four and three in the Big Ten West. If I if I'm doing this correctly, Illinois, Purdue, and the winner of Wisconsin, Iowa. 
So if Purdue wins out, Illinois loses at Michigan and, and the and the winner of the Wisconsin-Iowa game loses another game, you know, <laughs> Purdue could still win the West. It doesn't seem that far-fetched. Um, if they can take care yeah. of Illinois, you got Northwestern and, and Indiana, and then you got to like Michigan's chances to be the Illinois and Ann Arbor. And then again, Wisconsin, Iowa, I don't know their schedule the rest of November, but um, I'm sure it's probably a rivalry game. Yeah, they've got, they've got uh, Minnesota, those type of opponents. Right. They've got their three games left and Minnesota, Wisconsin's only got three left. They would have to lose if Wisconsin beats Iowa this week. Of course, they're on the road. Uh, but if Wisconsin beats Iowa, Iowa, they will have Minnesota at home, and then they will go to Nebraska. So, um, no. uh, and then what, what, what about Wisconsin? And that's Wisconsin. I'm sorry, okay. Tommy. Yeah, those are the games that uh, uh, if I'm reading, yeah, they go. And I, I, let me restate that: you've got Wisconsin, it's got Iowa this week. Uh, and on the road, they go to Nebraska on the 19th, and then they come home to play Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. So that tiebreaker, and again, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's say Purdue does win this week. Yes, Illinois would have to lose, uh, and Purdue would have to have uh, separation from Wisconsin uh, because of obviously that tiebreaker in that situation. Now, Illinois would have four losses in this scenario because they would have lost four conference games by that time if they lose to Michigan and obviously lose to Purdue. And Purdue would have uh, that tie, but would not be a three-way tie. So that is Purdue's path. Now, yeah. Iowa, on the other hand, has uh, uh, got a chance to, uh, uh, if they win at home uh, this week, which, you know, who knows, that's going to be a fascinating game between mm-hmm. two teams that have had had a kind of a funky way of going. Iowa's got to go on the 19th to Minnesota. And then they, of course they have, they host Nebraska. So if Iowa wins this week, then you have to hope you got to be rooting for PJ Fleck uh, to have them get beat again. But so it's funny. It's really not that far fetched for Purdue as crazy as it sounds uh, because uh, I think if Purdue, obviously Purdue must win this week to get there. There's no question. But as crazy as it sounds now, as I think my dad, as I've said about this before, my dad always used to tell you, son, you need to look at the way these teams are playing, the way Purdue's playing. Uh, if you think they're going to win the rest of their games, you're wrong. Well, I will find out. Jeff Brom and company have had a way of of uh, turning things around and doing things when you least expect it. Um, and boy, uh, this would be one of those games this week. Wouldn't be an absolute shocker, but it would be a surprise if Purdue can go to Illinois and win. All right. Uh, trying to think of what other buy sells we yeah, want just to like, Just like nobody thought Michigan State was going to win over there last yeah, week. Absolutely. Right? And, How'd you know, and I watched a good portion of that game in the second half. You know, Michigan State really had Illinois. Illinois made it closer than it seemed. I mean, they Michigan State had them. And, and, and the whole adage about having a passing quarterback, I know uh, Peyton Thorne only threw for 182 yards, but he was efficient so to speak, uh, they were able to do enough to get the job done. Uh, it is going to be cold. Yeah, uh, it will be cold. Illinois, you're going to have to bundle up. You're going to have to wear those new uh, new UGG gloves you bought for yourself this week. But yeah. uh, that will be a that will be a uh, uh, it will be definitely be cold. I'm looking at the temperature high of 39 in Lafayette. 
uh, it's going to be about the same in Champaign. So you have to look at this game and say that uh, uh, that will be another factor from from that standpoint. High of thirty. One thing, the, the one thing would be the how windy it is. I'm looking at Illinois' schedule, Allen, and they really have not seen a, a quarterback or a passing game of produce ilk all year. Wyoming, IU, Virginia, Chattanooga, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State. They they had not seen again anything like Purdue's offense. So I'm sure there's some nervousness over there in Champaign as they prepare for again an offense they really have not seen the likes of. Uh, and I know history doesn't matter, but it's always fun to talk about. And Purdue's really sat on Illinois for almost 15 years. It's crazy, isn't it? If you look, you look at this recent uh, rivalry for the Cannon. Yeah, I think, I think Purdue's won the last five times over in Champaign, dating to like a loss in 2010 under Danny Hope, and Bombs four and one, I think. So even Daryl Hazel won over there for crying out loud, twice. <laughs> he won twice. He only won three Big Ten games. He won two over there. Thank God for the Illinois. If you're, if you're the great Illinois, Nathan Shieldhouse, my friend, in 2010, uh, beat Nathan Purdue, beat the stuffing out of Purdue in a very uh, one-sided game uh, from that standpoint. By the way, wind expectation in Champaign, 12 miles an hour out of the south. Oh. They look. So I don't think they're talking about anything quite like we saw last week. And, of course, that is that stadium is a little bit protected uh, because it's yeah. closed in on both ends. And, closed in, yeah. Yeah, actually one of my favorite stadiums just because it's got that old-time yeah. Soldier Field, uh, Red Grange uh, feel to it uh, from that standpoint. Uh, so that will be a be a fun thing to to watch from that, you know, from, from what uh, uh, will, will be a very, very interesting game uh, to be sure. I well, wish I, 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 I guess, Al, for you, I mean, um, we haven't talked about the Purdue pass defense and the issues they have back there. I mean, a buy-sell. And if you think the, uh, the 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 big play, the leakage that has been persistent of late, will finally subside. Will Tommy DeVito feast on this Purdue secondary? Um, you know, Alan, they're going to take their shots. They watch film. They know the vulnerabilities. Even though that is not the strength of the Illinois offense, they're probably licking their chops, going, "Okay, Tommy, this is it, man." That you know that you know Purdue's going to try to stop Chase Brown. That's going to leave these D backs in one on one coverage. Let's go get them. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're uh, um, right from that standpoint. Tommy DeVito has has not uh, been a guy that has thrown you know uh, for oodles of yards. He's thrown for eighteen hundred eighty two yards this year. Uh, fourteen short passes. Yeah, short 14. passes. So short passes. He's hitting seventy percent of his passes, but yes. the short ones. Yeah, he is. He's right now at 71.5 percent of his passes. And that has made uh, a situation where uh, he is a guy that uh, I'll throw another one in there. Um, Will he keep will Purdue keep him under 250 yards? Um, uh, what do you think on that? I'm gonna, and I'm while you're doing that, I'm going to look Tommy up and see what he's what his biggest game is this year too. I think they will. I think they'll keep him under 250 yards. Um, um, although you know if they're losing, obviously that that number could go up. But um, I don't think Brett Bielema is going to stray from the his identity, which has been his identity since he was at Wisconsin. Um, he's never going to stray too far from the run. And uh, if DeVito's throwing for over 250 yards, it's, it's probably not good news, obviously, for Illinois. So while Purdue has had issues back there, giving up big plays, um, uh, you know, they're probably going to 
You're always going to get beat a few times a game. You just don't want it to be multiple times to give up six points. I do think that they're going to keep DeVito under 250 yards in this ball game. Well, and to your point exactly, Tom, he has thrown over 250 yards in two of the last three games. Last week, he because they were behind, yeah. he had to throw you through for 288. Uh, that was his uh, high water mark. He threw for 252 against against Minnesota in that win. Of course, they were in they were in relatively and his high water mark this year 332 yards against. Tennessee Chattanooga in that 31 nothing win. So uh but he's also had he's also had in the, in the Iowa game, of course he was hurt. So that's a that's a silly thing. Only had 42 yards in that one. But he's had uh 194 against Wyoming, 196 against Virginian games that they had in hand. Nebraska also a game that uh, he was 20 for 22, but only 179 yards. But again, efficiency seems to be the word of the day at uh, Brett Bielema's te- team from the, from uh, what they do offensively and defensively. Now here's one. Here, here's another one for you, a buy or sell, Alan. Jeff Rom talked about this on Monday. Um, buy or sell, Purdue's going to use two quarterbacks Saturday. You know, it's funny with Jeff. I'm buying it because I think when he started talking about it, I thought it was interesting that he talked about the fact that he really, in retrospect, might yeah. have uh, taken. I didn't. I didn't believe. I didn't think that was a good move. But Austin Burton against uh, against uh, Iowa, maybe it would have been shook some things up. But I think. I think you're going to see Austin Burton. Uh, I do. Uh, I'll be honest game. with you, Alan. I thought. We, I, I think. I thought long ago we'd see Austin Burton. Yeah, it's interesting and they've I, gone away from that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, why Why just let him sit on the sideline? I mean, find a role for him. I know people are going to say, well, every time Austin Burton comes in the game, everybody knows he's going to run the ball. Well, he may run it, but he can still pass it. You can, can set up all types of plays off Austin Burton. And, well, you know, uh, why, not, why not utilize his skill set just as a change of pace a couple times a game? I mean – you use every asset you got instead of letting them just sit over there and hold, hold a clipboard for 60 minutes. Well, and it's interesting because even during uh, O'Connell's streak last year, I think with maybe the exception of the bowl game, I, I don't remember if Burton got into that game at all. But my point is that uh, he played, you know, Burton got in, each, I think, in just about every one of those games. So uh, yeah. last one I'll hit on today is trick plays. I know that's a, especially <laughs> early on in Jeff Brahms. I don't know that they've run two in a game yet. They ran one last week, sort of, right? I mean, it was a, hand, a pitch back. Uh, yeah. All right. My over my minus two. Will we get two this week, Tom? Do you think Jeff Brom digs into uh, again that efficient defense that Illinois plays? Uh, I'm not sure the definition of that, but uh, are they susceptible to that at all? Do you think? I think so. And why not, Alan? I'm I'm buying. You know, this is it. If you're Purdue, right? I mean, why why hold anything back? This is it. I mean, you got Northwestern and Indiana down the road here, but this is it. Empty your bucket. This is your empty. This is your empty the bucket game in my yeah. mind. And if you got some kind of gimmick you want to use, roll it out there. Whatever it is, play a scheme, a personnel set. Roll it out there. All the pressure, Allen, is on Illinois. We talked about the loss last week. The kick in the gut loss for for Illinois at home. Yeah. Stunning loss. Now they they got to have some doubt in their head, right? Oh, my gosh, what's going on? Here comes Purdue, obviously not playing real well, but with nothing to lose. And, again, that sometimes that can be a nice 
mental situation to be in for a player and a staff. So I say I'm buying the notion that we could see maybe a couple couple gimmicks here on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. If Purdue wants to get to end the season on a very positive note, a really positive note, into the you know they they need to win this game because you're right. Northwestern and Illinois, uh, Indiana, Purdue will be favorites. Uh, obviously, Indiana game is always dangerous because of a because of uh, the rivalry part. And Northwestern obviously is playing a little bit better. At least they did last week. In the you in can the still weather. finish seven and five though, Alan. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. lose obviously. So you can still finish seven and five, which wouldn't be too bad. But eight and four would be a lot better going to the postseason, wouldn't it? Yeah, no question, and and a much better bowl thing, which which you told me before. We're not talking bowls yet. Yeah, I mean, again, not. that that the bowl stuff. <laughs> I mean, I saw one where they had them going to the Birmingham Bowl playing Tulane. I mean, as we as we talked about off off camera, if you will, that the bowls aren't based on merit anyway. No. Seven wins, eight wins, it doesn't matter. You, you need know, momentum. You're, you're yeah. never you're never playing for bowl position, honestly. The Big Ten office gets involved in selecting teams. It's just about spreading you around, finding a good matchup. It has nothing to do with one-loss records, which seems absurd, but that's the case. Yeah. Well, I do think one thing that it does play into this week's game, and that is if Purdue can win three games, even if it doesn't get to the Big Ten championship game in that scenario, it will help them get a maybe get to a Florida or a better bowl. I I, I don't know. I think Purdue's yeah. attractive from a travel standpoint. Maybe, yeah. maybe because they haven't, and they also haven't worn out their welcome in Florida. Uh, you know, the Boilermakers haven't been to Florida. We talked about that since 2006. So yeah. uh, and that infamous champ sports bowl, but you know what? We're not talking about bowls this week. It's still too early. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. All right, Tom, always good stuff. Always enjoy the conversation. Want to thank Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group, your local farmland specialist. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Uh, Tom, we'll look forward to all your coverage this week. And uh, we're going to put some, we're going to stick on I-74 and, and they're going to pull out a paper bag with some beef house rolls for you on the <laughs> way back. Uh, but uh, I, I hope you get a chance to, maybe maybe you can have uh, have a little meal there on the way over. I don't know what your plans are, but we, we will we'll figure something out. All right, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for uh, watching and listening. A lot more coverage this week as Purdue takes on Illinois. A lot of Purdue basketball. Obviously, as Purdue's got a couple home games, one being Tuesday night and Friday night at home, uh, tonight against Milwaukee and on Friday against uh, Austin Peay. So uh, uh, we'll look forward to that as well. Take care, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.